0: We're going to share with you what they don't teach you in business school. Welcome to the show. Previously on Cascading Leadership.
1: So, like, to kill John Connor, and that is a destructive way to use it. Like, even with existing technologies, I can make some a drone into that and just give it a face and tell it, look for this face, go near it, and blast off. In those contexts, it can be scary. And that is but. It's the same question. Like We have nuclear weapons, but we also use nuclear energy. It's a double-edged sword.
0: The application principle makes sense, but let's think about how some of these applications are already going down a road that that might not be great. You just referenced drones. The whole justification for building drones in the first place was to remove pilots from the line of fire. So the next logical step, if you have something that's remotely controlled, is build some level of intelligence in it so it can operate and execute a set of tasks on its own without human intervention. So at some point down the road from there, you could say, okay, we want you, the drone, to be programmed to look for this sort of person who is, quote unquote, a terrorist and blow them up. It always goes down that road in terms of where it could go. And... When you look at some of the other applications of AI, one of the interesting things about Google is that a few years ago, one of their core values or in their mission statement was don't be evil. And they took that out. And you come to find out that when you look at a lot of these nation states that have a high surveillance culture, the algorithm or the intelligence behind those surveillance states is powered by Google's algorithm. So you already see some of the ways that AI is being applied in scary ways. So I guess when we're talking about that, yes, AI is scary in limited context, but we already see it going down that road. Which is more likely? Are people going to be building AI for as a force of good, Or is it more likely that it's going to go through these other ways to manipulate people, isolate people, surveil people? What's your feel on it? And now the conclusion of our innovators and disruptors conversation with one of the founders of Ether.1. I would say, like, as
1: easily as you can train an AI for bad purposes, that easily you can train an AI to counter it. The growth in this sector would actually offset each other and It would empower us to be able to safeguard ourselves in face of people who actually don't want to be good.
0: So, your point about market forces will equalize good versus bad when it comes to the application of AI. That's a good point in theory, but you have to look at where the money is flowing in AI. So, you have large defense contractors and nation states and all that sort of stuff that's funneling money into AI applied for these negative purposes, what's your observation of similar amounts of money going towards AI that's in service of the common good? What have you seen in that respect?
1: As far as I've seen, I haven't been to the dark side where AI has been used for bad. But in my belief, with the current system, blockchain will be a very big factor in safeguarding people's privacy and be able to secure the whole network. If you remember back in the 90s, we had Web 1.0. You could only see pages. Yahoo only had some articles. And then we came to 2005 or 6, and Facebook was launched. And you, have, you were able to connect with people, chat with them in real time. That was Web 2.0. Now, after Web 2.0, and with Web 2.0 came the issue of privacy. People's privacy was being compromised. So the next step in this evolutionary cycle would be Web 3.0, which is blockchain. So blockchain is a way of storing data, which cannot be changed by anyone. Like you would need something 10 times powerful than the most powerful system in the world right now to be able to actually change one item on the blockchain. So when you have such a robust system in place and you incorporate it with AI, even AI cannot penetrate it because it is limited to the computer that's using it.
0: I'm not overly familiar with any of the blockchain and crypto related stuff. What I do know is that its strength is in decentralization, if I understand it correctly, right? Yes. So when you're talking about cracking something that is distributed and decentralized. How do you do it? (laughs) yeah, uh, Yeah, how would you crack something like that?
1: So what happens is on a blockchain, right? If, let's take a crypto example. One thing I need to make very clear, blockchain is not limited to the crypto environment or the stock exchange. It is a whole system, a whole technology, which can be used for anything. Like I know a hospital that uses blockchain to store its records across different different hospitals in the chain. And it helps them like be secure against hackers, against everything that they might require. And only the people who are authorized to access it that is the patient and their doctor can see it. Someone else knows that it exists, but they cannot see it.
0: In order for you to crack it, you would need credentials on both ends to crack it. You need two side credentials, both user and admin to be In able to case, access.
1: Yes. In their case, yes. So it also, since I said it's a technology, it depends on how it is being used, what protocols are being set for that. Like Even law some... Law firms are using blockchain to safeguard their law documents. Like It is such a force that people are blinded by just the crypto aspect of it.
0: When you describe it that way, it starts to make a little bit more sense to me. So we've covered a lot of ground in talking about AI in general and some of the applications and some of the misconceptions that exist out there. But one of the other things that I want to get your read on is... Everybody that is just garden variety Joe Average looks at AI as emerging technology. What's the flaw in thinking about AI as emerging or bleeding edge versus what the reality is?
1: Most of the AI algorithms that we use today were actually written in the 80s and the 90s. They didn't have- In
0: the the 80s and 90s?
1: Yes. Really? And a lot of this face detection, not face detection, actually, face detection, your computer vision, which- forms the basis of face detection, was actually written in 1974 or 75, the first article for that. I'll tell you how they have been using it since the 90s. For example, I have an area like take Queens in New York. okay? Okay. And I want to know what the real estate prices in a certain locality is. I can take all the similar houses, plot them on a graph, pull a line through them and predict what my house would cost. That is the simplest AI. And uh, people have been using this everywhere. It can be financial projections, stock projections. Then people actually predict how cus- consumers would react to their, their uh, value propositions
0: based I mean, on. What you're describing, it almost sounds simple operations like pivot tables or inner outer joins. When you're talking about coding, that could almost be, or formulas that we put in. If you automate the formulas over scale, that becomes an AI function. Am I understanding that correctly?
1: Yes, exactly. Like AI is a, the smart way of doing the same thing. It just makes the math
0: better. What else are some common applications of AI that already exists that the average person probably doesn't oh, yeah. recognize? It? So
1: you might have noticed, like when we, whenever we join a Zoom call or a Google Meet link, sometimes the video is jittery in the beginning and then it smoothens out. Yeah. That is your AI over there. It learns what your network latency is what the pixels on the screen are, and streams it accordingly. So such a simple feature uses AI to understand what kind of video you're sharing, how to optimize it for the bare minimum network that you might have.
0: That sort of stuff can be applied across any number of things. I'm thinking about some of the things that are quote-unquote safety features on stuff that we interact with all the time. Like I have a Subaru, and my Subaru has this crash avoidance technology that's in there that if a distance is closed faster than what is quote unquote normal, it will automatically trigger your brakes or slow you down. That's all AI too. Now that we've laid out what, what the AI landscape actually looks like, I want to circle back to one of the earlier conversation points that we had, which is how can AI be used as a force for good? And I want to get a good understanding of kind of your role in your most recent startup. How is Aetha acting as a force for good in what it does leveraging AI?
1: So AI can be used like as a force of, for good, for example. I'll take a very recent example for the Roy V. Wade, right? Now, some a certain subset of the community wants the law to be passed. A certain subset doesn't want the law to be passed. And we have to arrive at a solution which takes every ethnicity, religion, race, everything into account and people's opinions, perceptions, where they live and what they feel. AI can help us understand all those perceptions and formulate laws that actually everyone can agree on. Like It is possible.
0: On that particular topic, I'm raising my eyebrows for those that are going to be listening. I don't know if you ever get common ground on on something that polarizing. So let's no. let's take the let's take the issue away and talk about how is that polarization diminished through what Aether does.
1: It's not an overnight process, it actually takes time because we also need a way to be able to converge people's perceptions. Like you can think of these perceptions like every person has their own perception, which adds to the chaos that we see. Now, to align those perceptions, we need to find the polarization, the AI helps us find those points and interconnect them and while interconnecting them it gives us a way to find the least the like the path for least disruption for those two viewpoints which is like the middle ground for those two viewpoints and if we can find some middle ground which people might agree or might not agree but that will be the middle ground because yeah some For example, I'm a vegetarian. You can't convince me to eat meat, but it's fine if you eat it.
0: So let's get some detail. So how do you establish the middle ground when both poles are convinced that their position is absolutely correct? And So here's the dilemma. You have a position. On the one side, you have a group of people that believe that they are absolutely correct in opposition to the issue. On the other side, you have another group who are absolutely convinced that they're correct. And to make things worse, worse each side thinks the other one are completely Correct. evil. How do you build common ground? A
1: lot of these difference in perceptions arise because of people being in echo chambers and being comfortable in their own bubbles. And Ether, what Etha does is it puts all those people together and the platform, the whole application makes people actually have the conversation that would have never happened in the real life be open to perspectives and it also takes all the subjective matters all the sub like things can be subjective right and breaks it down into objective viewpoints that a person can observe and read and using that we find that middle ground and people is if people are presented information in an objective way If I tell you 30% of doctors don't want to be doctors, like you would be intrigued by the fact 30%? If I tell you 20, like 20 of my friends don't want to be doctors.
0: If we're talking about the communities that we come from, and for (laughs) those that are listening in the audience, we're both Indians. So like Indian culture puts a heavy emphasis on you becoming a doctor as the (laughs) highest professional goal. It's, It's doctor, computer scientist, lawyer. And if you're not in any of those three categories, I don't
1: know. Oh, my God. It is that way.
0: I'm pretty sure you and I have had uh... Similar conversations from my parents about, hey, what's uh, what's the direction? It's the whole reason why I got my doctorate, so my mom could actually say she's got a doctor in the family. Although probably not the kind of doctor that she wanted. So let's uh, let's talk a little bit more about establishing the middle ground. Yes. So you brought up the point of what Aetha does is that it tries to inject objectivity into any position.
1: What Etha does is it gives public a way of holding politicians accountable because a lot of perceptions and the echo chambers are because of people only adhering to one media source. And when they adhere to one media source, they're actually becoming like they're entering the echo chamber. They're being in their own bubble. So we, yeah, when the people have a way of being able to hold politicians accountable, politicians also are accountable for the things that they speak. We have a leader Q-scope. It goes up and down. Whenever a politician say something that doesn't align with the public. So over a period of time, whichever politician aligns with the public the most would be ranked higher. And that gives us a clear picture of who actually understands what's wrong with the system and who doesn't.
0: It's almost like doing a focus group in real time on a constant basis. So I'm a politician, I say X, whatever X is, Atha goes into the ecosystem and gathers people's opinion on X. And depending on how my view of X as the politician lines up with the general population's view, I'm going to get ranked higher. Am I understanding it correctly?
1: Yes. And it also takes one more factor into account, which is if let's say politician X has said something. Now 10 different media sources would report it in 10 different ways. And they would have some inherent bias in their narratives. Like they can be pushing left bias, right bias, or they can be centrist in their approach and only explaining the facts as the way as and the way they are. So when people can see all those media sources, we know we all like they understand what they're looking at. Before they go into it, also that makes us understand how what media is putting out, what politician is actually saying, and how much of it people get.
0: So, if I'm thinking about focus grouping in real time on an ongoing basis, couldn't this be gained? And here's where I'm here's where I'm going with the question. So, somebody posts a tweet on Twitter. And you have all sorts of people running in one direction that are tuned into this particular viewpoint that downrates or uprates this particular view, giving it the impression that it's either really bad or really great. So couldn't that be done with with the Aetha platform where you can game public perception based on how well you mobilize a particular group to just Avalanche into a particular point of view.
1: I would say a normal AI system would be able, like you can actually manipulate it. But as we talked before, we have algorithms which focus on quality over quantity. If we find similar patterns, extremists, they won't be like they won't be counted in. Like the weight is decreases on the because the extremities, the AI is not learning them.
0: So, what's a practical example of how that is designed that gives us a more center lane of evaluating a position. Do you have an example that you can talk about where this has actually been influenced in reshaping the direction of the conversation?
1: With the recent development of the product, we have had about 15,000 users since January and they have been actively engaging in conversations. We see people from both sides coming onto the platform and talking about it. Also, we have some comment moderation, which allows us like to rank the comments how relative they are to the statement made by the politician are they talking about the issue policy or the politician and if there's like being deconstructive in the conversations their opinion won't be counted because if someone just comes in and says this is bad that does not give me any information that is not a constructive conversation so we are taking the conversations people have also into account while Calculating this. And so far, we have been getting a very good response. People from both sides are there. Our most active states are actually New York, Virginia, and California.
0: If you're looking at New York, Virginia, and California, knowing what I know about their political landscapes, you're talking about two heavily blue states and a purple state. That seems to have a bit of a skew in the data set anyway. So how do you account for that?
1: To account for that, we have, first of all, the focal loss algorithm, and also the way people are interacting with the statements. As I told you, we depend on quality over quantity, right? When people are following a certain pattern, and we find more Democrats, the AI stops learning those patterns, because we still have the other side on the platform, which puts if, like, things towards that side.
0: So I guess if, okay, so it's built in where if Texas happened to be one of your most is, active states. Actually,
1: it is the fourth active state. So in, in <laughs>
0: Texas, it's doing the other way where it's waiting the response based on demographics. This has been a really interesting conversation, but I want to get really simple. So we've talked about all of the weeds of AI and how it's applied. But I want to I want to put this question to you. If you look at what Aetha does and you're trying to describe what Aetha does in a way that is easy for somebody to understand, yeah. what is the big problem that Aetha seeks to solve?
1: In short, Aetha is an interactive news social media platform which gives the public the power to hold politicians accountable. And on the long run, it gives us insights into what the public wants so that we expect the politicians to deliver to the expectations of the public. Also, it breaks down the subjective matter of topics, issues, policies into an objective form. For example, I can see in real time what people in a certain area, like Brooklyn, think about a certain bill and all these analytics will be making public so that people know what is going on where. And that is one way of solving the information crisis by being able to provide accurate information.
0: Awesome, thanks for joining us. Before we sign off, I wanna hand it off to you one more time to talk through, or at least describe for us the biggest takeaways that people need to understand about AI, about big data in general. What are the two or three biggest things that you want people to walk away with coming out of this conversation?
1: A couple of things that I would want to point towards is that always remember AI is dumb. It won't be scary until and unless used for wrong means. And it is everywhere. It has been since the 80s. And what Etha is trying to use it for is to find a way to help the public hold politicians accountable. So the laws that are made actually align with all the people in our country. You can go to our website, etha.one, E-T-H-A-O-N-E, or you can just look up etha on Play Store or App Store and download it on your mobile phones and get started today.
0: Awesome. Thanks for joining us. It was a great conversation. I hope I didn't didn't bother you with so many dumb questions and deconstructions of of some of the things that you're talking about. I'm sure that the folks listening learned a ton and probably shifted some opinion in terms of how AI could be applied. So I appreciate you coming on and sharing that with us. For those of you listening and following Cascading Leadership, this episode will be available on all your major podcast platforms. We are also on TikTok, YouTube. Our primary channel is LinkedIn. We're also on Facebook. We're pretty much everywhere except a couple of small platforms. So with that being said, thank you for listening. I hope you like, subscribe, and send us feedback. And we look forward to another great episode coming soon on Cascading Leadership. Thank you for listening to this episode of Cascading Leadership. We hope you enjoyed the story as much as we did. Make sure you subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast player. Follow us on YouTube, TikTok, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook